0: Good morning, everybody. Great to be together. I want to take a moment and welcome everybody joining us online as well. My name is Aaron Stern. Uh, if you're brand new with us, lead pastor. And before we jump into the message, uh, I just want to give a little update uh, on so that uh, many of you uh, are maybe aware that in the beginning of this year, we began a uh, to raise money to be able to be prepared to step into a permanent home when that becomes available or the right step for us. And so um, that happened all throughout the spring, and there was commitments made of uh, a total of $4.3 million to come in over the next couple of years. And so thank you for all of you who have made those commitments and have been contributing towards that. Uh, about 45% of that $4.3 uh, million has come in, uh, and that will conclude in about a year and a half or so. Um, But, of course, the big question is, so have we found something? And the answer is, not yet. Uh, We are praying. We are searching. We are turning over every rock and uh, doing due diligence on whatever uh, possibilities might be out there. But uh, nothing yet. We'll keep you updated. Just wanted to make sure that you knew what was happening and ask you to pray with us. Uh, to pray that the right, we, the right thing would be found at the right time. And uh, God knows what we need, and He knows when we need it and where we will be. And so uh, we'll keep you updated as we go along. If you're maybe new and have thought, uh, what are you talking about, I'd like to be a part of that, there's more information on our website. Go to the So That portion of our website, you'll get more details, and uh, also details on how you can jump in and participate with that for the rest of uh, the next couple of years as well. Um, I have four boys, and they are now in high school and college. But when, when they were, especially in the toddler years, um, we had one question that was around our house a lot, and that was, why? 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 Sometimes ad nauseum and oftentimes annoying, right? Uh, questions can be annoying. Questions can also be a dis- bit disruptive because they, they get beneath the surface. You know, you have the, the basic question, how are you? And we sometimes just respond almost unthinkingly, fine, or good, or whatever. But then if somebody asks, how's your soul? It causes you to pause. The, the question kind of stops you in your track, tracks a little bit. You're, you usually aren't going to respond to that kind of a question. Oh, good. Right? It, it's a they're asking for something deeper. I need to really think about what's really happening underneath the surface. Jesus asked a lot of questions. All throughout the Scripture, He asked questions, and sometimes His questions are His answer to somebody else's question. So we're starting a new series today called Jesus Questions, where we're examining some of the questions that Jesus asked. And in these particular interactions, we'll unpack what was happening in the moment in the first century. but with the understanding that Jesus is asking us the same questions today. So we're starting today in John chapter five, starting in verse one, says sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Now, if you maybe are tracking along on your Bible in your Bible or on the Bible app, uh, you might notice that it skips from verse three to verse five, and you're like, "Where's verse four? And where did you get that verse four?" Uh, th- this particular verse was not found in the oldest manuscripts of John chapter five, and, and but was found in some later ones, which makes some scholars to believe that it was actually added later in wasn't part of the uh, original text written by John. Um, And so, but the belief was that it doesn't change the meaning of the text, but the belief was that there was some sort of movement in the water. Uh, Some would say that there was maybe an underwater spring that created and caused the waters to stir. But nonetheless, there had been healings at this pool, and so as a result, there was a crowd of uh, people in need of healing. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat." So just to give you a little bit of a visual picture of what this might have looked like, I actually have a picture here on the screen of what it looks like now if you were to go to Jerusalem. Uh, you would see something like this. It has been excavated, and uh, you can see in the back end of that picture kind of three — you can see in this picture — three uh, kind of columns. Those are the, the covered porches or the part of the colonnades. And then in front of that is some stairs down to what is now grass, um, but that would have been where the pool was, all the way down in the bottom. And it was on those stairs or up underneath or by those pillars that 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 everybody would have been laying, that they would have been sitting, that there would have been waiting for the stirring of the waters, which we have no indication about how often that happened. And so here comes Jesus to this particular area in Jerusalem and he asks, do you want to get well? Now it seems kind of obvious. It's kind of like somebody who's shivering and you say, are you cold? And you kind of are like, duh, no, I'm hot, of course. It seems maybe even potentially insensitive or foolish, but Jesus never asks a foolish question. He maybe isn't asking, maybe it's less about the question and maybe about the guy and his answer to the question. But this question, I think we need to dig into it just a little bit deeper. The word well, do you want to be well, or in some translations might say, do you want to be healed? Uh, better translates healthy. Do you want to be healthy? And this word is actually the same Hebrew word in the Old Testament and specifically in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, in the beginning God created. So the the question Jesus is really asking in this moment is do you want to be the creation that God intended from the beginning? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be who you were meant to be? Or the flip inverse side of that question is, or do you want to stay the way you are? Because for this man to be healed would require something new of him, right? He had been used to and was in the rhythm of begging, and he would have to get a job. He was used to... Other people taking care of him and him being at the mercy of others and the generosity of others. And now he was going to have to take some responsibility and not be able to rely on others to do everything for him. It's not human nature to embrace the unknown. It scares us. And sometimes we would actually rather hold on to the pain that is familiar than face the unknown journey of health to being who we're designed to be do you know anybody who doesn't actually want to be healthy they don't want to be helped out of their mess they live off the attention of others related to their unhealth maybe addicted to the security that they find in codependency can't say sorry therefore Unable to embrace their own need and weakness. As a pastor, I've seen people turn their backs on options or ways of deliverance because it would mean for them acknowledging that they actually needed to be healed. Think of the person who maybe has a marriage that's on the rocks and isn't willing to go to counseling. Well, I, I don't know, they might, I, or, or I'm lonely, but unwilling to jump into community because they might know me, or I don't know what this really looks like, and they might find out, and they'll no thank you. See, we're willing to stay the same when the cost of change feels higher than the cost of staying the same. Like, I don't know, that hot cost is too high, but we're always paying a price. And what will being well demand? My comfort? My complacency? My community? This guy would have had to change. His community would have changed. My time, my money, my rhythms, my lifestyle, my power, my political ideology, my sense of identity. See, because sometimes we become so familiar with our struggles, that we actually become, it becomes part of our identity. This is just who I am. Because perhaps if we're to be fully well, we might not know what to do with ourselves. If healed, we might lose a part of ourselves or become a different person or we might have to change and live in a new way. To be healthy might mean letting go of that habit letting go of something you love but you love too much it might mean letting go of that relationship or letting go of the pain pain sometimes becomes a companion life is full of pain and life is full of difficulty it's rigged for frustration no doubt but sometimes we hold on to the things that we're supposed to let go of are you willing to let go of control And Jesus asks this question, do you want to be well? Do you want to be the creation God intended for you to be from the beginning? And the response, he doesn't answer his question. The guy here doesn't say, why, yes. He says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Notice how he doesn't answer the question, instead he highlights the obstacle. The obstacles to his healing. He focused on why he's not healed rather than the fact that he wants to be healed. Now just to not throw this guy under the bus, I can't say that I might not be like him if I was hoping hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping. And disappointed and disappointed and disappointed and disappointed and disappointed. Over and over and over again. And so maybe he didn't say yes and say, absolutely. And this is what I've been longing for. And this is what I've been hoping for. And this is what I've been after. And absolutely, this is my day. Because maybe he had had day after day after day after week after week after month after month after year after year after year year of hoping and finally got to the place where I don't know that I can handle the disappointment anymore. I don't know that I have enough. I don't know that I can hope anymore because because hope is crushing me right now." But it also shows that he thinks he knows how he's supposed to get healed. And he thinks that to be healed means there has to be winners and losers. That in order to get well, everybody else has to lose. Which gives a little bit of a picture into his understanding of God and his limited ability to heal and give grace. Have you ever told God how you're gonna get well? Well, I'm interested in getting well, but this is how you're gonna do it. I mean, if my marriage is gonna survive and we're gonna get well, then she needs to change. If if this is gonna, if my heart's gonna gonna change and I'm gonna be a little bit I'm gonna be a different person than they I'll get well when I get a job I'll get well when they say sorry I'll get well when so we want to determine the terms and the timing are you wanting to get healed and healthy only on your terms Maybe addicted to having things your way, on your timeline. Telling God, this is what I need, or this is what's in the way, rather than, God, whatever you want. Yes, I want to be healed. And he says, I have no one to help me into the pool, casting blame. You ever heard that before? She hurt me. My dad verbally abused me. The church, that leader, this, that, I... Now hear me. I'm not dismissing the reality of that instance, nor the reality of the pain and the impact. Those are real. It is important to acknowledge. It is so, so important to name. But naming is the beginning of the process. Naming is so that. But if we say, well, they hurt, so I can't. They hurt me, so I can't. I wonder if we need to take the next step. To acknowledge and name, but then to offer all of that to God. To say, This happened and I am in pain and it wasn't fair and they were wrong and I am hurt and I am wounded and I have been impacted and I can't do this or I have a hard time with that. But I want to be healed. I want to be well and I'm not well. And so the question maybe that comes up out of this passage is where are you looking for healing? Where are you looking? Well, I'm looking to that friend or I'm looking to that person. And when they do this or when that happens or whatever, this guy was looking to the pool when the healer and creator of the universe is standing right next to him. Are you looking to the pool or are you looking to Jesus? Because Jesus doesn't ask us questions because he doesn't know the answer. Jesus asks us questions so we acknowledge that he is the answer. He is the answer. Jesus didn't go to the cross and give his life away so that he could just give us some good advice. Jesus went to the cross to make everything new, to bring about new creation to bring about new things in oftentimes new ways. There was, If you continue on in the story, we're not going to talk too much about this, but in just a little bit, we get this interaction with the Pharisees, and they're up like, hey, you just broke the Sabbath. They've got this old way thinking the new way is going to come through the old way. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm going to bring new things through a new way. So what if we say, you know what, my idea of when and how healing is going to come maybe isn't in line with, with the fact that Jesus is going to bring new, way, new life through new ways. Because Jesus here in verse 8 says to him, after he tells him about these obstacles, Jesus says, get up. Now this word, get up, is a word that's regularly used in the New Testament to describe Resurrection. See, Jesus is bringing new life, new creation. He is not just saying, like, stand up from a sitting or a laying position. He is saying, rise and be resurrected to new creation and new life. And he says, pick up your mat. Notice how he, Jesus heals him, but then he asks him to do something. He gave him something to do, and he gave him something to do on the wrong day. It was against the Sabbath rules, not God's, but man's made rules for the Sabbath that he couldn't carry his mat. So, interestingly enough, for 38 years, this guy's been not noticed and likely overlooked, maybe even avoided. Eyes dart away from him. He's asking for help and cross to the other side hasn't been noticed and often avoided for 38 years. But on this day, as he walks away from that pool, he is going to get noticed. Maybe for the fact that he's walking, but for the fact that he is carrying his mat on the wrong day. Here he's been anonymous, and now he's going to get noticed. And sometimes that's the fear, right? Is that if we actually become well if we actually take steps towards being well we won't be anonymous anymore someone's going to know us we're gonna have to put ourselves out there I wonder if the invitation of Jesus today is to not be anonymous anymore is to be noticed And as he, I wonder, gets noticed, I wonder if he noticed other people who maybe used to be like him, overlooked. He says, get up. Don't be anonymous. Don't be isolated. Jesus' invitation to us on this City Group Sunday is to get into community. Don't be anonymous anymore. Get noticed and notice others. See, because Jesus is the healer. But Jesus' healing comes through his people. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins or your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, so that you may be well, so that you might be who God created you to be from the beginning. Jesus is the healer. A city group's not your healer. Our relationships aren't our healers, but God works through His people to bring about healing in our lives. Life transformation happens in the context of community. So our weekly practice this week is simple and maybe obvious for this week, and it's join a city group. But I add this with a heart anticipating healing. Anticipating that there's something in the context of being in the presence of one another in the presence of Jesus that can bring about and maybe get underneath some things. That maybe there will be a question asked that somehow will like cause you to pause. That really is a question that Jesus is asking of you. And Jesus is asking the same question of each one of us here today. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be the creation that God intended for you to be? Which requires for us to ask this question, where do I need to be healed? For some of us it's obvious, just like this guy, and maybe it is physical. But maybe it's more subtle. Maybe it's... It's the anger or the bitterness in our hearts. I need to be healed of, my, of the ways in which I actually judge people. They would never know, but I know what's going on in my heart. Or maybe it's the ways in which you view yourself. God is saying, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Are you willing to accept the fact that you need healing? And if you're here today and you're thinking, I don't have an area, I can point it out for you. (laughs) Ask God to heal your pride and your blindness because we all are in need of healing. All of us need to be made well. Would you be willing to look? Would you be willing to answer the question, where do I need healing and will I look to Jesus? Like I said, sometimes they can be more subtle and I certainly have found myself in these places. Found myself in these places asking God to make me well in terms of physical issues. Some of you know, uh, almost a decade ago, my... Uh, the. Retina, full, I had a full retina detachment in my left eye, begging God, God, will you heal me? But then oftentimes they're more internal, they're more subtle, they're deeper, harder to look at maybe. I remember thinking through some of the ways in which I interacted with my kids, and feeling some things not quite right on the inside. And somebody asked me a question about how my parents comforted me. Were they, were they, did they comfort you emotionally? And I couldn't think of one time that they did. I love my parents, and they took care of, put band-aids on my cuts and gave me medicine when I was sick and all that, but the emotional nurture and comfort wasn't there. And I realized how that had impacted me. See, because what is not transformed will be transmitted. And what I had going on in the inside was being transmitted to my kids. I realized a couple of days later, I was with one of my sons. He, that he and another brother got in a in a little scuffle, and he got hit, and he starts crying. So I went to him, and I realized pretty quickly that he wasn't hurt. Like, there was no need for an ambulance or the ER. That's our family doctor. And and so you know what I started to do? I started to quickly start to coach him on forgiving his brother, which is important. And I paused, and I caught myself. And I thought, I'm doing what my parents did, and I sat with him. And I just put my arm around him, and I was with him. I said, oh, that's so hard. Instead of, I don't worry about it, you're not hurt, don't cry, like he was feeling pain. I'm with you. And then later, talked about and worked through forgiveness. But it takes looking at some of the pain, takes looking at your own personal story, takes looking at acknowledging the ways in which you've been hurt, or maybe you've hurt others, or patterns and things that you've gotten into. Are you willing to look? Do you want to be well? For some of you here today, maybe you're in a place where You've been trying to get well, but you've been looking to lots of other places except for Jesus. And the invitation from Jesus is to look to him as the healer, to find the ultimate healing that can come in him. And maybe you're in church for the first time or the first time in a long time. Will you respond to the invitation of God that says, Will you trust me? Trust me with your pain. Trust me with your unhealth. Trust me with your brokenness. Trust me with your illness. Trust me with whatever you've got. And so the statement and the belief and the declaration, Jesus, I trust you, is a a belief that he can handle it, and he is the one that we look to and we follow. So if that's you just under your breath, will you just sincerely say, Jesus, I trust you? It's not the only thing we need to say to God, but it's an important first thing that we need to say to God in our journey of following Him. Maybe if that's for the first time or the first time in a long time. And Jesus longs to make us well. Wherever you might find yourself on your journey here today or no matter what questions you're maybe wrestling with or, or what you would say to, do you want to be well? I want to take a moment and pray for all of us Father, we thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your loving eyes. We thank you for your power and your ability to heal. God, we don't know why sometimes we might desperately want to be healed and we don't experience it, but we don't experience it in the ways and on the terms that we want. But God, we just want to come to you, the healer. Would you help us maybe for anybody in the room who's lost hope to hope again? our hope in you, not in an outcome? God, would you give us courage to step out, to look to you? Would you give us courage to take the step that maybe scares the life out of us? Would you give us the willingness, the desire, empower us by your Holy Spirit to maybe step into that vulnerable place where it feels scary to be seen or to be known because god we really do want to be well and so god when you ask us do you want to be well help us to say yes right from the center of our doubt and fear and despair yes we pray in the name of the father the son the Holy Spirit, and everybody said, Amen. amen.